0: to be going to this event so i went along to this event and um there were three days of of the most amazing speakers who were all experts in gut health my hand was killing me writing so many notes during the session and what they were describing was literally you know i.e what the gut is what gut health is all about why it's all gone a bit wrong in um, our modern society, uh, what it causes when it goes wrong and how we correct it. And as they were talking about all these different conditions, I was going, well, that's me. Well, that's my husband. Well, that's my best friend. Oh my God. So everything they talked about, everything came back to the gut and the, uh, the imbalance in the gut or disease within the gut poor balanced bacteria relates to major and minor diseases. We're talking about life-threatening conditions, life-ending conditions. And we had just lost my brother-in-law to uh, esophageal cancer, which is the most vicious disease you you could ever imagine. Um, And uh, the whole family was reeling and, and desperately sad. And my husband and the rest of his siblings all suffer with acid reflux and I was absolutely petrified that I was going to lose my husband the way that we'd just lost Nick. Um, and it, I, I'm pretty certain that's why I was at that vent at that time because poor microbial um, health is heavily connected to esophageal cancer and many other cancers. So I was completely hooked and engaged and then I met a couple of girls from Synergy. Wave girls! So the Synergy girls <laughs> were at the event as well. We got chatting. They invited me to join their team, and and it's been one of the best things that I've done personally, also for my family and for my clients as well. It's just been life changing, and it's great to be able to make a massive difference to people's health and wellness.
1: Yeah, I think you know that we would, um, as I think a lot of people think of exercise as being the answer. Still, you know, going back to the days of Jane Fonda, we used to torture ourselves doing high impact all days. And so, just so we could have whatever we wanted to eat at the, on the Friday night. And starvation was the, to be thought to be the healthiest thing, not eating rather than eating. Um, you know, I know myself going through stage three cancer when I uh, lost so much weight and uh, I thought I was <laughs> fine with the diet I was on, whatever it was. Because over the years, I did so much, you know, the brown rice diet, the cabbage soup diet, you name it, I've gone through it cleansing. And I thought I was being very healthy, and suddenly, you know, gave away all my big clothes, thinking this is it—I'm going to be skinny for the rest of my life. And then I found out I had cancer, and it was really interesting for me because I wanted—you want to do the right thing when you, you know, go through something like that. You want everything to be correct. And what I suddenly found out was, you know, I—I I, the, the my doctors were telling me one thing. I'll go on the internet and read something else, and it was really confusing. So when you go through something momentous like that, you want to do the right thing, but it's really hard knowing where to turn and looking at keto, looking at fasting, you know, and all of the options. Uh, But it all seems to stem back to how your body's working and back to your gut health, which I think is so vital. Mm -hmm. How would you, obviously, somebody coming in new to this, let's say they've been exercising, they've been doing the Pilates. How would you... um, explain to um, to somebody how, what gut health means. What does it mean?
0: Well we often equate it to what's going on in your garden and uh, if you have neglected your garden, the garden overgrows with weeds, nettles and um, all sorts of nasty vermin and stuff move in and live there. Now um, what those, those weeds, like not weed, I'm not a gardener I have to confess so I'm just pulling out names here, but um, what they tend to do is strangle out the beautiful flowers and the lovely lawn. So what you have to do is actually get rid of all those nasty weeds, reseed, lay the right foundations down um, for those, the seeds of your, your beautiful flowers and your lovely grass to grow effectively. And then you just occasionally, a weed might come in because a bird's flown over, you know you've gone out for a pizza and what have you, that's the that's the comparison and um, but you can nip that out in the bud, you can deal with one weed but when you look at a whole garden full and the garden's being strangled and not its best and maybe there's some nasty molds and stuff that are growing in the garden um, then then uh, you know that's a bit overwhelming it's really hard to get your head around to handle But uh, if you get the right support and help and you take the right foods to, um, excuse me, I've got a drink, cheers, and uh, my herbal tea, no it isn't, it's a why bother. A why bother is uh, an oat milk decaffeinated cappuccino, that's a why bother, I'm just having one. Nice. So yeah, so basically that's it, so our garden is our gut, our gut is our garden, does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely. But it's what you fertilize it with. Because, you know, what I learned going through experience, I thought, oh, I've lost you. I've lost
0: you. I'm here. I'm here. Am I here?
1: I can see me. Uh, Let's see. I think somebody's unmiked, and so it takes over the camera. Let me, um, Caroline. There we go. There we go, go, Caroline. I'm going to mute you, my dear, so we don't lose you. Um, What I learned, what I found out, is that, um, is everyone still on... Um, yes? Yep.
0: Everyone looks muted to me, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, when I thought I was eating healthy vegetables, I suddenly started realizing that a lot of the things are not healthy. The sugar in most things, obviously. We know that with processed food and a w- lot of us know the common sense things, we know that a bar of chocolates is probably not the best thing for your gut, but mm. it's it's the hidden things, it's the things that you don't know about mm. that I found that was was really and I thought I was having a carrot juice every day or you know I was doing the best thing ever mm. but it,
0: mm. then I
1: found out it's not.
0: Well I think there, there are different, there are lots of things that influence our microbiome and, and food obviously is a massive one. So you do want to try and av- when you're trying to uh, repair the microbiome, you need to make sure you're putting your good bacteria in there in the first place. That's your fermented foods, like your sauerkraut. You're talking about your apple cider vinegar. You're talking like olives, artichokes, those sorts of things. And they also provide the food for the bacteria. So, you know, like... Um, You've got things like uh, yogurts and stuff like that, that have got the live bacteria in them. I, I actually um, don't do very well on cow dairy. So I actually take a, a, a probiotic tablet um, made by Synergy. And uh, it's a really high quality one. You've got to be careful where you get stuff from. You're absolutely right. Um, but you can also grow your own uh, kimchi and kombucha and you know, grow your, you can do all of that as well. I'm a very busy girl. And so I tend to take a high quality uh, uh, probiotic supplement myself, but I can help people do it all themselves if they want to. But rule of thumb is eat stuff that comes out of the ground and basically comes to you pretty much as it is. It's not been covered in pesticides and herbicides. Um, So that's your starting point. You'll make sure you get lots of fiber. A plant-based diet is definitely a very good one. If you do choose to eat meat, then you want to eat um, meat that's not been affected by chemicals through what they feed the, they feed the animal um, or within, indeed with the processing. So you want food to, from its natural source as possible because these chemicals that they use in farming and, and, and in the soil and everything uh, damages the microbiome, it damages our gut.
1: Yeah, I know I'm a, I'm a meat eater and I know I found the website buyacow.com. Where they you know they saw grass-fed beef and they don't kill the cow until it's been sold and then they package it and send it to you so there are ways but of course as always and it's interesting because uh, you know joseph pilates is a lot of people joining us are pilates teachers joseph pilates mother was a naturopath and now he grew up this and at the time of when he he was growing up his um in germany it was that industrial revolution people were moving into the cities um people the quality of life wasn't great in the cities But back then it was the same as now. To eat well, it's expensive. It costs more. So that's always the challenge. Is you know when you look at buyacow.com and there's other things. Yes, it's you you can get better quality, but it's hard. (laughs) I think I was clear. You know, doing I've never bought food for a week. So going to Tesco's on a Thursday night, like I have done for the last six weeks, and buying food. It's really hard when you're going around to try and balance out the food that's going to last for a week. And I've still not quite, quite got it right because my broccoli goes off too soon. Mm. My food goes off too soon. And it's just trying to, to figure it out and work it out when you're busy.
0: When got- I, 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 I absolutely understand what you're saying. But if we've got broccoli that lasts without going off for a week in our fridge, then what have they done to that broccoli to make it last? And what they've done to that broccoli to make it last is what's damaging our microbiome. And so, so actually we are better off spend, I would rather spend more money on my organic food, get more out of my food, more nutrition out of my food, uh, and, and not have that bottle of wine or, or what have you, because one is gonna make me healthy and well, and the other one is gonna compromise my physical and emotional health.
1: Well, you mentioned apple cider vinegar. I do apple cider every morning. It's really, yeah. get out. it's the first thing I do, I have my apple cider and I have it straight. Um, yeah who doesn't like the taste, you can get the flavoured apple cider vinegars, which, you know, which he's happy to do that. Um, You know, I've read lots of things. There's very little research to say That it is what it is, what it says it does for you. I know personally it does me the world of good, I know when I I don't take it, I know I feel different, but I don't know if I'm imagining that. What's your opinion on apple cider vinegar? What do you think on that?
0: I think if it works for you, you should keep taking it. (laughs) End of story. If that's the thing that that does it for you, it doesn't do it for me. I have to be super careful with how much yeast I take into my diet um, so I want to have, make sure I get a broad, uh, broad range of um, CFUs, colony-forming units of um, bacteria. If I have too many from one group, it doesn't seem to do me a lot of good. So I, I, stay, away with, uh, I stay away from too much of that type of food. Um, and I go for a, a range, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't have that every day, for example.
1: And what's your opinion about the keto and about intermittent fasting? Have you got an opinion? Again,
0: about- I mean, there's research that supports it. it with what I, I'm interested in eating for health. Um, I'm, and, and if you eat well and you eat a balanced diet, you're going to have a better metabolism because your microbiome is looking after, looking after you. If you eat well and you're getting lots of nutrition out of your food you're not then motivated to eat more because you're undernourished. My issue with uh, um, fiddling with these diets is particularly at this moment in time when we are all under a lot of stress, no matter how well you're coping with this virus at the moment, in the background we are all pretty stressed. Uh, so our hormonal profile our cortisol levels are going to be very high and our profile is going to be um, very sensitive at the moment so anything that creates any emotional distress i would avoid so a ketogenic diet is really hard to do right really hard to do right Mm. and if you are a bit of a sugar car and a carbohydrate monster then removing uh Uh, carbohydrates completely is going to be a big problem and also I think there's a fiber issue how are you going to feed your microbiome your microbiome your bacteria in your gut need fiber that fiber comes from your vegetable sources so if you've cut right down on that you could be giving yourself some gut problems and remember our gut is what helps fight 70 to 80% of our immune system comes from our gut so if you're not feeding your gut properly, I think we need to separate weight loss from health sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with a healthy gut, you're more likely to achieve both.
1: I think for me as well, I mean, you know, when I went through the cancer, what I w- wanted to find out is when, you know, nutrition for medicine, you know, and then I found out quite quickly that most doctors are not allowed to treat you with nutrition. Um, and that most doctors in the UK have very limited experience with nutrition. Because I kept when I was at my oncology expert I kept saying who I knew his wife was a nutritionist I said oh you know I've read a lot that I should be away from meat and sugars and all that stuff with the cancer and he said well you know but yeah but not too much I'm like but surely this is what I'm reading I said could you ask your wife you know and this is the energy
0: but again you see a a, a diet that's heavy in meats particularly meats that haven't come from a, a good source will be very high in hormones and of course but those hormones can influence the rate at which your, your cancer can grow. Um, and, and actually, you know, sort of our neanderthal self wouldn't have eaten a lot of meat. We would have eaten a lot of meat in one go. The thing about the microbiome is it's a very adaptable organ. It's an acquired organ. When we're born, uh, we have a completely sterile gut. There's no bacteria in it. And as we are born, uh, as we are through our mother, if you see what I mean, with, as a you know, pre-watershed, we won't go any further than that. We start picking up her microbes from her skin because we've got microbes on our skin, we've got mi- different microbes on our feet, to our ears, to our internal gut, to our mouth, to our nose, we have different microbes. There are hundreds of trillions of microbes living in and on us. In fact, we're more microbe than we are human. If you were to look at the DNA of, of, of how we, how we would present. So, when we arrive in the world, we are influenced. We pick up mum's microbes, and that's where that kick starts our gut microbiome. Now, it has to be adaptable based upon what it is that we put in it. We need those it carries the microbes in to digest them and they multiply. Those microbes are telling us what we want to eat. We think we are thinking I want a biscuit, but it's not this, it's the guts that's telling us we want a biscuit. So if mum has a diet that's fantastic, the child will then select food based on that because they've got the microbes they're asking for it. So um, my point being that from day one, if we could influence our our gut by putting in uh, the microbes that require fibre that want an apple instead of a piece of chocolate and so on, then uh, we are going to be looking at a much healthier microbial population. I'm not quite sure I closed that loop well enough, but I think, do you understand what I'm saying? We were talking about meat and stuff like that, weren't we?
1: Yeah, I know, but it's actually really interesting because I was reading that, you know, if a, a baby's born with cesarean, it hard mm. to get the exposure to the vaginal bacteria so the mm. gut health doesn't kick off as mm. it do. do.
0: Except what they're doing now is they're actually taking the swabs of the mum's vagina. If it's a planned C-section, they're taking a swab and then they're growing that um, in a petri dish and then they're wiping the baby with it when the baby's born. Yeah. Brilliant
1: so no exactly and you know it's just one of the journeys i was looking at is that they were looking at the baby every week they were taking swabs and looking at um examining the baby and seeing how the gut was developing and at mm-hmm. one stage this baby was um had an infection so they had to go on antibiotics
0: yeah
1: out the gut health yes bacteria but it came back quite like that because the metabolism you know again when we get older yeah it doesn't bounce back. So it does the same thing. It wipes out our, our gut health. And if, as we are older, we can't, it takes a lot longer to get. Well,
0: I'm, I'm not aware that age has much to do with that. Actually. I think what, as we've got older, we've probably got a, 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 a habit formed in terms of the type of food that we're eating, which is creating a microbial desire. Now, I, I, know, I remember the point I was making. If I completely change my diet, say, for example, I'm a hunter gatherer and then we managed to, uh, catch a deer, so we're all eating deer, m- breakfast, lunch, and tea we're going to get a horribly upset stomach because we don't have the microbial population to digest that meat okay until all that meat's gone and then we go back to eating our vegetable based diet until maybe there's another uh, another kill or, or what have you so basically, our gut adapts to what we 're feeding and it has to be able to do that that's one of our key um, success stories in terms of survival and that's why we have this very adaptable gut mm. so I, I'm not aware and please if anybody else knows the answer to this I'm not aware that actually we we can't change our microbiome as well when we're older as when we're younger I, I'm as far as I'm aware it's as, as efficient
1: Yeah, I I just think it's, um, well, of course, it's the state of the gut when you get older. It's what you've done with yourself, you know. It
0: might be the actual gut organ itself, as opposed to the microbial population. It could be the gut tissue's a bit damaged and needs rehabbing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember as well, when I I lived in Houston for 10 years, I was working in Houston ballet, and Chinese dancers defected. And so uh, this was a big international story, long story. Eventually, his mother came over to see him dance. His mother and father were from a little Chinese village. And then in China, what they used to do with the babies, they would take them out of the village and take them to Beijing and they would and, and train them to be dancers. So literally his mother had never seen him dance. So apparently when they brought her into Houston to see him for the first time, um, she'd been so ill on the plane, oh. the, the food was so rich for her, she was eating just white rice in the village and i remember that you know she could hardly stand and say oh i finally see my son dance i can die with my eyes closed is what she said but but she was so ill from the food because her body could not handle just airplane food and this was coming out
0: yeah but that if you if you want an example of a fabulously processed food then that there it is you know there's going to be very little nutritional content left in that really weren't there Uh, And actually I think they have to nuke it a little bit anyway to kill any nasty bacteria that could give us some sort of infection. So whether there's any nutritional value to it apart from calories, basically energy, I doubt it. But yeah, you're right. She had a a microbiome that was basically used to lots of vegetables and lots of rice and not so much meat, maybe a lot of fish.
1: Mm. So how would you start? What's your advice? Busy life kids family so it's not just you you're eating for you've got to prepare the foods for your your family how would you what would you guide people to start with you know looking at
0: i do individualize the work that i i do with my clients because your current your lifestyle is and, and and how much time you have available is certainly a massive influence everybody comes to me thinking they have a great diet you know you described you've tried every diet the cabbage soup diet you know the brown rice diet everyone says oh yeah no my diet's fine so what i usually do is i start with like a, a fabulous screening form that i have from from synergy which is really good at highlighting maybe where there are issues in people's health then i will um so we'll, we'll work through that and then i'll ask them you know what it what are your objectives what's your life like now And if they have lots of time and they're into their gardening, then I will encourage them to grow their own vegetables um, organically. The, The issue we have today is that our vegetables don't arrive at us with, to us with the nutritional density that they used to have in terms of vitamins and minerals. Plus they may, they've been irradiated maybe somewhere along the lines. So we're not getting the nutrition out of the food. So trying to convert them to an organic diet, is the ideal, or you know, if you've got loads of time, say you're retired, you could grow your own vegetables. Um, I have to be honest, that that's probably one percent of the people who come to me. The rest of them, uh, at the moment, I'm dealing with clients who are trying to work from home, and they've got two or three children that they're trying to homeschool as well, um, and so that's just not realistic. So I would uh, I would suggest that they do a purify program. Um, which is a kit that has absolutely everything that you need in it so it's a bit of a no-brainer you do need to eat food with it so you are guided as opposed to gut healthy food that you would have with it gut healthy drinks certainly teaching them to avoid things that would damage the microbiome so informing them a great time to start, believe it or not, is after you've had a course of antibiotics because that's destroyed all the, all the gut bacteria anyway. so if you're going to start start from a clean slate, but that's obviously not essential and you know we don't want people on antibiotics all the time. so basically the purified system includes um, good bacteria, uh, supplements that will that give you all your all your vitamins A. D, which is very important, particularly at the moment, vitamin C, vitamin folic acid, vitamin K, zinc, all these, everything that you need. And, um, and then basically I give them a schedule. They've got 21 days to try and reboot their gut, um, their gut system.
1: Um, so I guess Synergy is a company, is it a supplement company you're working with? <laughs>
0: Yeah, basically synergy. Their, their their philosophy is to leave a legacy. Basically, uh, right. the viewpoint is that you know if our, if the gut is basically the centre of our health and wellness, then the, the legacy is creating a healthy gut and therefore a healthy population. Um, yes, I get my products from them. I've I've over the years, as we talked about, I've been. I've been in the industry for 300 years. And over that time, um, I have seen all sorts of supplement companies and what have you come and go. I, I have a distributorship simply because I get enough supplements for myself to have, you don't have to have buy many supplements to have a distributorship. What, the way I use their supplements is to support my personal training with my clients. So the people I'm working with one-to-one, whatever they need, i got some great supplements from, uh, from Synergy pretty much 90% of what I recommend comes from Synergy. hundred uh, percent. I recommend proper healthy food, hundred uh, percent. And, um, and then there are some other supplements that I get from elsewhere because I'm, I'm vegetarian, almost a vegan. Um, I'm not vegan because I eat eggs, you know, but, you know, I need to make sure that I get my B12, but they're all organic free range eggs. So happy mm-hmm. hens, but not everyone would agree with that. Some vegans think I shouldn't be eating uh, avocados and I have an avocado every day. So, um, so I, I, I choose these supplements, but, um, you know, it can work out expensive if you're not selective and being careful about, um, about what it is that you're taking. But as I, I would rather have a healthy brain, healthy body, healthy skin, a body that works I teach 20, 25 PT sessions a week, and I teach 11 classes a week. My body is my tool. I want to be healthy and invest in my tool. And so I'd rather do that than drive a BMW, for example. You know, I've got people who say to me, oh no, Helen, gosh, you spent about 35 pounds a month on your your food supplements. I spend about 200 pounds a week on bloody food, let me tell you, it's costing a frigging fortune with three adults living at home, plus 80 pounds a week or a month for the dogs. So, um, I'd rather spend on that than drive a fancy car. That's my choice.
1: You made a decision, you, got th- you say you've got three ad- adults in the house, are they all doing the same thing with you?
0: Uh, well, yeah, everybody at home's vegetarian because I'm vegetarian and I'm, I'm, not gonna about to, I'm not gonna cook meat for, you know, I don't wanna, just not going down that route. When we go out, they can choose to eat what they like, but at home we eat a gut healthy food all of us are taking the supplements that we need personally. So um, uh, I, I take regularly a supplement called ProRG9, and ProRG9 is L arginine in. Now, I think you shared a, a link with a doctor uh, who, was, who was talking about breathing. He's a professor of res, res, uh Yeah, is that the right? And he talked about nitric oxide, didn't he? Yes.
1: Um,
0: about breathing through your nose and nitric oxide. Sorry, the dogs. And um, L-Arginine um, is in the supplement Proarginine, which is a Nobel Prize winning supplement that helps us control our levels of nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is an antiviral. So I am taking, I normally take two a day because it gives me lots of energy, but I'm taking uh, three a day um, because I want great levels of nitric oxide, great control of my nitric oxide. It's also got vitamin A, D and C. So I take that every day. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. So listen, um, I know we've got people joining us from other countries, from Greece, from Albania. Is, is, are these supplements available outside of the UK?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, if they want to message me, I'll quite happily um, send them a link and they can find the company themselves. You- I, this isn't a sales pitch for Synergy. It's just um, I... I I use the supplements, I recommend the supplements, they're, they're ethical and um, it's, a very, it's a very good company.
1: But basically you could get everything from your food.
0: I have to be honest, I don't believe we can, I don't believe we can anymore, I'm really sorry to say that. They did a study where they compared a bowl of salad 25 years ago to a bowl of salad today. And apparently it would take 29 bowls of salad to get the same amount of nutrition. I don't mean calories, I don't mean fiber, I mean vitamins and minerals. Our soil is completely dead. Nothing, Nothing that's come growing out of the ground has got the vitamin levels in it that it used to have, that we need on a daily basis. Not only that, our food isn't coming from the farm at the end of the road, it's being shipped from other countries. It's asparagus season soon, and it's cheaper to buy asparagus from Peru than it is from my local farm shop so we've got this issue where our food is being transported and of course as soon as you take it out the ground it starts losing nutritional value it's put into storage uh, units it's freeze-packed it's stuck under the lights in in the supermarket all of which degrades the nutritional density of that food it still has the calories but it doesn't have the nutritional density so I, I can honestly tell you things like B12 isn't going to be uh, the vitamin C levels aren't going to be there. So I'm afraid, particularly, you know, those of us who live in a we're blessed with sunshine today, but we've just come out of horrible winter, haven't we? So our vitamin D levels are very low. And those of us who are paying attention to what they're talking about, coronavirus, vitamin D deficiency seems to be a big influencing factor in people getting over coronavirus vitamin d as well as vitamin c
1: and um, people going through health issues you know where it's, they can't eat everything they've got certain allergies they've yeah. got things Th- that would need a personalized approach you can't generally say do this for this or do this for that it is individual
0: yeah i mean i think uh oftentimes I, I you know i've had all my food allergy tests and what have you and um yeah. Uh, sometimes that is just a symptom of gastric distress. We're not absorbing our nutrition appropriately because our gut is that imbalanced. So actually a a starting point probably would be to do a complete gut cleanse and a reboot and see where you're at. I have a a client who has fibromyalgia. I don't know if anyone's familiar with fibromyalgia, but it's almost like arthritis of the muscular system. And it also heavily linked in with depression. And uh, the microbiome is also heavily linked in with fibromyalgia and she has multiple food intolerances. So what, what we've done with her is she, after her first cleanse, we then started reintroducing foods that she was intolerant to. And I think she's been able to, we're talking about 70 to 80% being able to reintroduce now. So interestingly, the things that she can't tolerate is raw carrot or raw apple. Uh, and it 's something to do with the skins of them she can eat them cooked, but she can 't eat them raw mm. so um, so actually her her allergies have improved uh, equally her, she hasn 't had a fibromyalgia flare up since she 's moved on to a gut healthy diet and she's she 's in she 's now fifty and she developed fibromyalgia at the age of twenty so that 's thirty years of fibromyalgia, which is now I can't say it's gone because there isn't a test for fibromyalgia. So, but she no longer has any symptoms or a flare-up. And she's equally, she's lost full stone in weight as well. And mm. she had a healthy diet.
1: Um, I was told at some stages when I've looked at different things to avoid the nightshade vegetables, the mushrooms, putting fungus inside your body. Uh, yeah. The avo- Tomatoes was the biggest shock. There's, there's the, to avoid too many tomatoes, not avoid them altogether especially living in Greece where we live.
0: <laughs> yeah, great big tomatoes, yeah.
1: Well, the Greek salad is, you know, standard tomato. Yeah. And so it was really interesting. Um, aubergine, the eggplants, uh, the, you know, the, the mushrooms was the biggest thing. They said, you know, you should avoid that. Um, by putting fungus in your body. Any thoughts on that one? Have you come across? Well,
0: I mean, uh, you know, bacteria, we have, we, we're full of bacteria and molds and fungi and what have you. I mean, I, I too have had issues, but I believe that if you overeat anything, then you're going to develop an issue. It's about trying to eat a diverse range of foods, not too much of any one thing and a small amount of everything. You know, eat you know, lots lots of fruit and lots of vegetables. I don't eat a lot of fruit. Um, I only would eat a maximum of two portions of berries a day. They're very high in sugar, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a, a sugar sensitivity. I've messed about with my diet my entire life. You know, I had an eating disorder when I was a, a youngster and completely messed the whole thing up. so uh, it's a mindset thing as well. It's about eating for health and wellness as opposed to just being so obsessed with. Um, our weight and the sooner we can get over ourselves the better at the moment let's focus on our immune system and being healthy and well and and that requires us having a a good microbiome and also a broad range of food and as i said i think we have to supplement today because our well we've seen actually since have you noticed how the environment's changed since human beings have locked away been locked away definitely the air is cleaner and clearer and the animals are happier
1: and coming out so moving into some villages and eating all the uh, the plants i saw the the pack of goats that had gone in and ate the whole village or something um what about okay so you've done really well we've been and we had an amazing week done eating healthy and it gets to saturday night which of course is tonight and yeah you're for a glass of wine
0: okay <laughs> I think once you have rep- i i'm I love a glass of fizz, that's my favorite, not not Prosecco, I mean proper fizz, yeah, not Prosecco. So the reality is, if your g- gut is in distress, it can take three months to three years to sort that out. It depends on whether it's the microbiome, i.e. the bacteria that need dealing with, and possibly the actual tissues themselves of the gut. If you've got leaky bowel syndrome, you're gonna to have to do a fair bit of repair on your bowel itself so you'd start with your cl- turnover you'd start by getting rid of the bad bacteria you starve that out and you replace it with the good bacteria and we're back to the garden analogy we feed it with all the good stuff and the garden's looking beautiful so if you you're playing wimbledon wimbledon it play the grass looks amazing at the beginning doesn't it and at the end of wimbledon it looks like shit so you've got to get the grass good and strong, and then not take the mick out of it. So good, strong garden. I haven't had a glass of wine for three weeks, four weeks. I can have my Saturday night glass of champagne, and and then go back to living my gut healthy lifestyle. And that glass of champagne will not have uh, a ha- will not have a negative impact on you at- on your gut microbiome. Might get a headache, but it won't have a, a negative impact there. So it's not like living like a complete and utter monk all the time unless you want to but it's like anything in life whenever people go on a diet and lose weight they go that's it i'm thin woohoo pass the pizza and then of course i don't that diet didn't work didn't it because i got fat again afterwards it's the same thing you want to live a gut healthy diet it's just a healthy diet and then occasionally you have your glass of wine and it's like the bird flying over and dropping a seed in the garden that weed, you see it, you just pick it out and the garden looks beautiful.
1: So, you know, 50's the new 40, blah, 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 the bottle's the new glass. You're just talking about a glass there, though, aren't you? You're not talking about half the bottle.
0: I'm talking, well, I mean, yes. have half, half a bottle, but if you do half a bottle three times a week, then you're back where you started. Right. Yeah, not- so you, if you're going to a wedding and you want to have a, a nice time at a wedding, that, that's fine, but you wouldn't do that every weekend.
1: There isn't that, well. I always believe that you know. There's no such thing as a cheat day. The liver doesn't know it's Sunday. The liver doesn't know it's your birthday. You know, yeah. the liver has to keep doing what it has to do. Um. So, and I also say moderation. I read that you know there is no such thing as moderation in everything. Some things the body should not have. You know, moderation is a myth. You know, if I'm going to cut back, I'll cut back here. I will cut back here. You know, but really you have to make big changes, as you're talking about whether you go plant-based or whether you go you know, organic, those are, for some people, that's a big change.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what to say to that, really, because I think, uh, you know, if you're a person who gets addicted psychologically to certain types of food, so say, for example, you have a problem with alcohol, for some people, there is no such thing as one glass and then stopping. So maybe you are a person in that situation who would be better off not having a glass you're better off just saying no it's not for me i'm like that with biscuits normally i don't have biscuits but in this breakdown um, this lockdown somebody came back in the house with these amazing biscuits from Marks and spencers now i'm a girl who doesn't eat biscuits until i had one of these and then there was no stopping me literally i don't know what it was about but i've had to rein myself back and the biscuits are back to being banned there was no such thing as one biscuit in my model of the world. Maybe it's the same for some people with a glass of wine.
1: Yeah, Thais has just said, you know, change the mindset is a good strategy to change the lifestyle. So it is-
0: And the two work hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. Um, uh, if you are a person who suffers with addiction and low mood um, and you're craving sugar, that, the, the gut is heavily linked in with all of that. If you have low moods, um, 90% of serotonin is produced in the gut, Our happy hormone. Uh, is produced in our gut so if you are if your microbiome is imbalanced then your head's not going to be in the right place so it's a bit chicken and egg then i had a debate with a personal training client this morning she's under a lot of pressure a lot of stress she loves her glass of wine and she loves everything associated with it so you know i would probably use more nlp with that client as well as uh, trying to steer onto a gut healthy diet you know
1: yeah, no, I think it's, um, you know, the times we're going through right now, I think, you know, everyone's pretending they're fine. Um, you know, there's been several things that are circulating the Facebook, you know, we're in the same storm, but we're on different boats. That's right. And, you know, some, somebody that's living in a, uh, in a small flat with you know, eight children or whatever is in a very different situation, stress level, dealing with it. And I think we're all trying to do the right thing. But I know that, you know, there's the challenge when you've got, you can't pop to the supermarket every two minutes. To try and get the right things, it's finding that balance to say no. I need to make this change for me, and I need to change my lifestyle. But for some people, it's very difficult because you know where they're at. No, it doesn't
0: doesn't change the outcome. We I think supporting them and understanding where they're at is really key. But ultimately, it's still that if they're not going to change, then they're going to. You're always going to get what you've always got if you don't change. So, you know, the definition of madness is to do the same thing and expect a different result. So, so yes, be understanding, try and be uh, inventive, creative, find that in when you're chatting to them about where their motivation is. You know, if we're, if I'm hearing a lot of the words should, must have to, then I know that they're not being driven from an internal motivation. It's an external motivation. They're not forwardly motivated towards there, it's a running away motivation which is a very negative motiv- form of motivation it might get you started but it's very hard to sustain that sort of motivation
1: there's a question coming about what about kefir would you say that yeah go
0: for it absolutely go for, for go for kefir great and if you can it's 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 it, it will have a brought sorry the dirty dogs keep coming in and out sorry people i don't know how they get in but, but- go on <laughs> And
1: what about? Um, I mean, I like wheatgrass. I like take my wheatgrass straight up beside a side of vinegar in the morning. I do my shot of wheatgrass concentrate because then at least I know I'm going to get my potassium. Yeah. If we if we go through a day, although <laughs> saying this, um, last week for the first time where I am in Sidmouth, there's no takeaways. There's no restaurants. There's no nothing open to deliver food. Um, so, but last Monday, um, the fish and chip shop did open. <laughs> And
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Running so. to the fish and chip shop. Well, at least you got a bit, you could put your apple cider vinegar on your chips.
1: Well, exactly. But then we sat there and all we could talk about was, do you remember the last time we had fish and chips? I could not remember the last time I had it. Oh. I think in Blackpool, IFS, you know, a hundred years ago. Yeah. It was something, it was like, oh my God, something returns normal, some food's returning. And even though afterwards they not, although the chips were very good, um, <laughs> that it was not a good thing, but yeah. it it, emotionally it was like okay something is returning to life something normal something that we had before
0: it's a hug isn't it it's like a hug and I think my biscuit with my why bother was a bit of an emotional hug because I, I know that I'm talking to lots of fellow fit pros who had to pivot their busy, business like that without any experience most of us with the internet and we basically if you were either going to turn to being an alcoholic or in my case a biscuitaholic we we just had one thing that we could we we lent on that supported us. now my logical mind was what are you doing you need to have all your wits about you you need your brain to be firing you don't need to be drugged by the sugar and the starchy carbohydrates hmm. my mind was telling me that and my my heart was saying but you need a hug have a biscuit
1: so listen, you do a lot of PTs. you do a lot of classes. Mm. You have clients coming in. Do you wait for them to bring this up, or do you bring up the subject to your client?
0: I, I ask them what their objectives are when they come along to see me, what they would like help with uh, help with, I should say. And um, so basically, I talk about all the different services that I provide and all the different ways that I can help them, and um, you know basically gut health and mindset. I describe myself as a multi-discipline health and fitness professional. So I pull from all my different uh, tools in my toolkit and I try and find the tool that will work best with that client or the combination of tools. Um, And I do discuss nutrition and I ask them, you know, what their objectives are. Some of them want help with it and some of them don't.
1: And if and if you have a client that doesn't bring it up and you know, you clearly you think it should be part of the conversation, you bring it up.
0: Well, eventually it will come up because they're having issues. Mm. You know, if you're not looking after your gut, particularly, as you said, by the time we've hit 30, we've, we've got, as I'm only 35, you know, obviously, stop laughing. <laughs> um, uh, by the time you hit 35, you've, you've accumulated a fair bit of wear and tear on the body. And so you know that inflammation that can come from the gut will irritate other areas that are uh, or maybe a bit inflamed, like your joints might start be showing a little bit of arthritic change. Mental clarity may be not quite where it is. Those of us of a certain age and, and their menopause and what have you these things start coming up, and the gut has a big part to play let me Let me share with my lady friends out there that I was having the, just the worst uh, menopause when I went to this convention. And, um, and there was an element of denial, because obviously at 35 I was far too young. I've been 35 for quite some time now, um, but um, I was far too young to be going through the menopause. But when I realized exactly what it was, I was up all night with sweats. I mean, f- every 15 minutes, sweats. And aching from the ends of my hair to my toes. Now, when you've got to get up in front of a class and be positive and upbeat and motivating and inspiring and your body just hurts and you haven't had any sleep. It's not a lot of fun. And I switched to the Gut Healthy Diet and all my symptoms went. I didn't have any more flushes. I slept like a baby at night. I've added a bit of inulin to my my bedtime drink and that's helped me sleep right through the night. I take my magnesium before bed, it's helped me sleep and my aches and pains have gone. Now, I don't, I'm not, I'm under no impression. I'm not a supermodel. I'm 54 years old now. I've done my, my, my youth and my modeling and all of that and my professional dancing and looking gorgeous at that age. I've done that, been that. Now I'm interested in just feeling healthy and well, having energy and um, living my life optimally. So it's not about being thin for me. It's about feeling the best that I can feel.
1: What about the myths? What about the myths about... uh, Uh, By
0: the way, I don't look it, do I? (laughs) (laughs) You missed that?
1: (laughs) You're older than me, and I've always known that. So, you know, um, I will be 35 next year again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what about... um, when to eat. You're t- we're talking about a lot of, you know, um, what to eat, yeah. what about, you know, with exercise and with movement, you know, d- d- do you normally eat two meals a day, three meals a day? And do you do it before exercise? How late do you eat? What's your- Okay,
0: it's quite interesting because you can get really obsessed with this, can't you? And as a person who's been obsessed with eating and then not eating for quite some time, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a dodgy area, really. I know all the i 've looked at the science and what have you. I think if you 're a person who can eat instinctively, that 's the way ahead i 'm hungry i 'll have some food i 'm not hungry i 'm not going to eat now i 'll eat when i 'm hungry but by 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 rule of thumb i, I, I can 't eat for hours before I teach in the evening because um, uh, because I feel physically sick and bloated, so that 's generally not a good show when you 're delivering a class in the evening. So I will eat about, uh, I I haven't got any travel time now, so I can finish my class at 8.30 and have dinner on the table in 10 minutes. So that's pretty good for me. But I leave it at least 12 hours after that before I eat another meal to just let my gut settle, uh, deal with what it is I've given it and then take a break. So I'll have a, I will have a late, uh, it's brunch, I suppose, really, isn't it? So I'll have that about lunchtime. So I'll have a lunchtime Salad soup. I'm mad about my soup maker the best thing in the world soup maker and then I will have a lighter a lighter meal at uh, Four o'clock and then I'll eat again at sort of 20 to 8. So I I leave 12 hours and sometimes I will leave at 18 hours depending upon whether I feel that I need to pull back a little bit on calories and um, drop a little bit of extra weight
1: yeah, I mean, we looked seriously at intermittent fasting and found that really people over the age of 50, really, you know, 20 hours, two times a week, maybe three times a week is enough. Yeah. A lot of my friends have been doing intermittent fasting daily, um, you know, love it.
0: Yeah.
1: We do, our metabolism does get slow as we get older. So really depriving the body of nutrition, you know, is not a wise thing, but there is huge benefits being shown for people that do give the body a chance to do what it has to do. You know, if you're throwing food at it all the time, then yeah. for myself, if I go 20 hours, I know I feel great. You know, I, I don't feel I'm depriving anything. Mm. Um, but I do, so I do kind of promote that So it's something to consider, you know, I never- But talk- it won't
0: ever make up for poor, nu- poor quality nutrition. Ultimately, you've got to have the nutrition in there. So people talk to me about intermittent fasting for fat loss. But they can be malnourished. We've got people out here uh, who are, you know, physical trainers, fit-looking people, but they're actually malnourished. And we've got people who are overweight and they're malnourished. We've got people who are underweight. It's about the nutritional density um, of of your of your diet, really. That's key. So it's no good intermittent fasting and then eating a pizza because where's the nutrition?
1: No, no, it wasn't really for weight loss. It was really for letting the body, you know, kick back into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you're right. You it doesn't matter how long you fast. As if the times when you're not fasting, is if, if the quality of the food is not there, yeah. um, it has been shown a lot of benefits for that. But I think it's an individual thing. I would never tell anyone to do anything. I've just said, look, well, you know, it it feels better. And somebody, yeah, Heather said uh, talking about bloating. What do you think about uh, SIBO testing?
0: It. I think you. I think it's worth. <laughs> again, it's worth looking at. I would look at your gut health that you can do yourself first. You know, I would actually do a protocol first and see if that sorts the problem out, really. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, going back, yeah, I hope I answered that sufficiently. That's my viewpoint on it anyway. Uh, But going back to intermittent fasting, I think we've got to be very careful with people's mental health at the moment, as well, if you'd said to me, um, if somebody had talked to me about intermittent fasting, that could have triggered old behaviours in terms of basically not eating at all and having uh, and being anorexic. So we've got to be dead careful, haven't we? With yeah. that,
1: I mean, it, it, it's all kind of stepping on eggshells in so many ways because, as to say, that's what I found going through what I went through. Is I wanted to do the right thing, you yes, know? and I got all this dif- this information come from different areas. You know, people saying supplements, you don't do supplements or if you're going to do supplements, make sure that they're good quality ones because there's so many supplements these days that are mass produced that are not good quality. So the supplements are just as bad as poor nutrition because they're not-
0: It's just expensive stuff that you're going to put down the toilet. But, um, you know, there are, there are plenty of people, uh, plenty of supplements that come from the same source and then they're just labelled by Tesco's or Sainsbury's, uh, yeah. um, you know. So you have got to investigate your sources because you might be paying a lot of money for fillers and not actually active ingredients within them.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know, as tempting as it is, you know, I always go around Tesco every Thursday night looking to see what is the best bargain, but, you know, do you do catch yourself saying, well, you know, hang a minute, why, are this, why is this so cheap?
0: <laughs> and that's with everything, isn't it? I mean, I, I can remember once I, I bought a bag of chicken breasts for a barbecue that I was doing, and I was discussing with a client, I said, can you believe the price of 12 chicken breasts? I mean, how how, what, isn't that amazing? How do they do it? He said, Helen, you know how they do it. And I was like... I do, don't I? I do know. So I've just bought into the very thing I absolutely hate, which is animal abuse and, and, and all of that business. So, uh, and poor quality food. And I was seduced by the bargain.
1: Hmm. I know, mm. we, we all get seduced. What about water? You know, too much water to not, don't drink a lot, drink a lot. You know, there was a lot of um, arguments out there about how much we should be drinking. If we're actually drinking too much, we're depleting what, we're, what we yeah. should in the body. What's yeah. your thoughts on the water?
0: Well, I think um, uh, we can't you rely on thirst because our first mechanism is quite a weak mechanism. Most of us will eat before we drink. So I th- obviously you keep an eye on your pee. You know, if you've got very pale, straw-colored pee, you're well hydrated. Um, and, you know, at, with our athletes, obviously we actually, we weigh athletes as well for hy- before and after races to see how much hydration they will need post-race. And then you'll find out what people's norms are uh, you know, we can't discount uh, water-based food, we eat a lot of salad, we've said that, so we're getting a lot of water from our food as well. But the rule of thumb, we all know, is about two litres of water daily. Um, and um, t- training people to get into the habit. I've had loads of people who've, who've barely had a cup of tea all day come to me and can barely string a sentence together, you know, got no energy. And then you ask, you, you ask them how much you've had to drink and they've like had a cup of tea or something. So, um, yeah, but you have to train yourself back up and make it, make it palatable.
1: Hmm. I'm told, or I believe, I'm told, that caffeine in the morning's fine, but as you, after a certain age of over 35, shall we say, no, mm-hmm. over 50, that really you should not be d- doing decaf in the afternoons. Because uh, again, it's just gonna send a messaging to your to metabolism to be confused a little bit. Anything on that one, on the caffeine? No,
0: I mean, I think the caffeine issue is more to do for me with sleep you know and also if you're quite um, um, a person who's struggling a little bit with anxiety and stress then um you've just got to watch your caffeine levels will stop and you know anything that elevates your cortisol levels could end up promoting fat gain particularly around the middle so for some people cutting down on their caffeine across the board is better caffeine later in the day is more likely to disturb your sleep which again could impact a mood Be your ability to lose excess fat or promote fat gain.
1: Yeah, we we looked a big thing last year. We're looking at sleep quality, not how long you sleep, but the quality of your sleep. Mm. And again, a lot of uh, with the sleep apnea and things that can create problems for your sleep. You know, send your cortisol level up is going to. You know, you might be eating very healthy, but if you're not sleeping well, and as I say, it's not about length of sleep. Mm. It's about you know the, the quality of it
0: yeah
1: since we've did that we've tried to cut back we try and not watch the news at night you know don't get try and turn all the little lights up but it's amazing when we've been to so many hotels how many little green lights and how many little blue lights and you know malcolm starts stuffing socks on top of radiators and top of tvs yeah Uh, really does make a difference if you increase the sleep quality it's again just as important as your gut health you know it's a huge part of our wellness program is making sure you are getting good quality sleep
0: 100% my I take a sort of like in one corner we've got we do what we do with our physical body what we do to to you know in terms of exercise what I'm putting in my physical body in food and water therapy to massage and release the body but sleep is a massive part of it it's like four corners
1: so the lovely Lorraine's come and said could you clarify is it drink a lot or not drink a lot of water how can you make
0: uh, drink enough. <laughs> so I would say, drink two two liters is the rule of thumb. But keep an eye on your pee.
1: Keep your eye on the pee. So, it, so Lorraine, you're gonna have to look at your pee to check if you're drinking enough or too much. And this is, and you said it's a nice light color. Yes,
0: like, like a sh- light light straw color, light golden, not not too dark. I mean, everyone's pee first thing in the morning is a little bit stronger. But as you get after you've had your first drink of water, you know, wake up, have a glass of water. I love a bit of lemon in my water. I love the flavor. There's all sorts of um, stories about it, kickstarting metabolism, but the evidence isn't extensive there. It could potentially be hearsay. Um, And I uh, again, I, I mean, I take my I take my supplements in big, tall drinks and I find that more palatable and I can knock it back easily that way. So I, I do two liters and if it's a hot, sweaty day, I'll do more than two liters, but I, I would not go above three liters. You can flush all your minerals out and then cause yourself real problems.
1: Um, we've been talking about good health, but obviously I'm not gonna let you get away without talking about exercise because you are the empress of, uh, of so many different methods of exercise. And you were telling me before we started about the hit, the hit classes you do or the variety. You never do the same class twice, type of thing during the week. Yes. You are promoting everything. Do everything basically, not just focus on one thing.
0: I think I think our body needs to move fast. It needs to move slow. It needs to get low. It needs to get high. It needs to uh, to chill and relax. And it needs to pump. We need want to want to make it strong. We need it flexible. So I provide across the week classes that will achieve all of that in different ways because we all have things we enjoy. Now, I'm not suggesting that, you know, you should only ever do all the things that you enjoy. I've got clients who don't like eating vegetables. Of course, you've just got to get over yourself and grow up or just live on or live on supplements. So it's the same for exercise. Find an exercise that you love that helps you stretch, bend and works your stability and improves your mobility. Find an exercise form that actually stimulates your cardiovascular system and and excites your brain. Find an exercise form that will uh, strengthen your muscles. Um, and make you resilient mentally and and, uh, physically so it's about finding a range of things that you can commit to and do something every day in some way so
1: and tell us about because I know you know with your contemporary stretch program which has been around a lot longer than Les Mills
0: um,
1: a blend of different things that you brought into that program
0: uh, Contemporary stretch is uh, a, a class where I pull out, all I'm trained in neuro-linguistic programming, I'm trained in Pilates, I'm trained in yoga, chi ball, Feldenkrais, sports therapy, all the myofascial work, trigger point work. So it's a class that combines those principles with movement. So motion is lotion and movement is medicine. Mm. So it's it's I change it every week and I apply it to the to meet the needs of the people in my class. I know my client my client base. I also because I'm teaching at the moment via Zoom, I can actually see what's going on with them. And when you do know your clients very well, and um, you recognise when they're in distress, maybe they're a bit distracted and so on then I can adapt and accommodate the class I also ask for requests so you know in our closed group my clients will say to me oh, Helen can we do a little bit of work on um, our lower back and pelvis tonight and and so I'll adapt and modify so it's never the same every week but there will be it will always be a top-to-toe uh, approach to the class and then every month I will do I will show them how to do self-massage so so for three or four weeks we'll do different movements and stretches and core exercises. And then on the fifth week, they'll do self-massage. So we'll use tennis balls. And if they've got rollers, they'll use those. And, and I'll show you them self-massage techniques.
1: There's a question that has come up from Sally you know, will there always be external signs of poor gut health, will you always see something or can you have bad gut health with no external signs?
0: I think it depends upon, as a practitioner, I might be able to recognize it, but symptoms of poor gut health that you could see externally would maybe be bad breath, would um, be very low energy, the hair and skin would show, they are reflections, you know, your methods of elimination are your bowels, are your skin, your lungs and your, um, yeah, lungs, skin, bowels. I think I've covered it. (laughs) And um, so if there's any degradation in those, then you would suggest that potentially there's some malabsorption of nutrition or there's a buildup of waste within somebody. So the skin gets itchy and dry, um, doesn't have good bounce and elasticity to it. The eyes are a little bit gritty and maybe the hair's a little lost good quality and, 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 and texture. Um, again, breath is an issue, or foul smelling uh, going to the toilet. If you're struggling passing um, water or faeces, then uh, there's a disruption, disturb, disturbance there.
1: And there's obviously, there's a lot of things getting misdiagnosed. You know, people who go to, you go to the doctor you don't feel well, be diagnosed with something, but it, it can ultimately can be traced back to the gut health.
0: Yes. definitely yeah i mean the link i mean there's a list here i've got a list here should we we just go through my list of conditions that have been linked through research to gut health
1: absolutely
0: would you like me to go through that let me find my symptoms okay let me have a look sorry 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 um well uh, let me i can't really see it very well symptoms of a leak okay so Conditions are things like um, metabolic dysfunction, heart disease, hormonal imbalance, sleep issues, anxiety, stress, infertility, low sexual libido, acne, psoriasis, eczema, fatigue, autoimmune diseases, MS, Parkinson's, um, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, cognitive problems, even learning issues like um, autism. And uh, cancers, many cancers have been linked in, um, including bowel, quite obviously, and digestive. Um, Depression has been linked in with, uh, with poor gut health. MS has been linked in with poor gut health. There's an extensive list that goes on and on it's a bit depressing really but however how exciting that you can actually take back some control now i have to say here i'm not a medical doctor and i will never at any point tell anybody i can fix or cure i will say to everybody and i do that we can play our part to keep ourselves heavy healthier and well
1: no, it's just scary that, you know, you think, you, we trust that, I mean, especially at the moment with the NHS, we you know, we're out every Thursday night clapping, you know, all the hard work they're doing, which is amazing. But then, you know, you look at the, the think. well, why doesn't somebody do something about this? Is it, you know, there is so many things that can go back. I know there are a lot of people doing stuff and I'm reading that you know, people are getting research and, and proving this, but it's yes. like there's a blind eye when it comes to the medical world looking at gut health.
0: Well, I think I think the reality is because it's about our gut is damaged by pharmaceuticals generally and healed by good food. So uh, the pharmaceutical companies pretty much run the show when it comes to education. And don't get me wrong, we need medicine at times. We need antibiotics at times. We don't need them as much as we get them. Um, if we dealt if we dealt with our diet ourselves, our movement ourselves, our sleep ourselves, then there will be far fewer of us going to the doctor and asking for help, and that that help will be legitimately. Uh, needed at that point. And that's where pharmacology and our, our wonderful NHS doctors and nurses and everything will come in and we haven't put them under ridiculous pressure and stress. I have a client who's a um, frontline NHS nurse who I, I personal trained three weeks ago on Saturday and she literally was sat there in tears telling me how frightened she was. And she, oh, this was this Zoom, by the way, this wasn't live. This was a Zoom PT session and telling me that she could never ever talk about what it is that she's seen, what she's witnessed and what she's had to go through. And obviously we were both crying her bloody eyes out because I completely, I I just completely couldn't put my arms around her to help her. And her worst nightmare came true. The following week I got a message from her saying, Helen, I've got it. And she was so frightened because she's seen people dying um, and, and, and dying alone. And she's been that person holding the hand. So um, she wasn't eating, wasn't drinking, she wasn't feeling well enough. Of course, her immune system was not gonna get the help it needed. And I got a message off her last week that she was admitted to hospital, which was her, her nightmare. Mm. Um, she's back home, but she's very, very poorly. And I get quite angry at the moment. I get angry anyway about people who abuse their bodies and expect the NHS to, to repair them and fix them. I get really upset about it. Um, you know, so, uh, I I impart the influence I I, I can on people to show them where they can take responsibility for themselves, because I have to be honest, um, if you're, when people say, oh, well, you know, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, this sort of thing. That's easy to say until you get it, Mm. you know, and then I don't know anybody who smoked fags all their life and then got cancer who hasn't, who hasn't regretted that decision. Mm.
1: No, I agree with you, and you know, I think sometimes, I mean, it is confusing. Like We all waited last Sunday night for Boris to make an announcement, and then, you know, all I saw was, oh, it's not clear. Well, <laughs> it's not I thought it was pretty clear. I thought it was clear. I think, okay, the thing is, it's not clear because we don't know what's gonna happen. They can't
0: <laughs> June
1: the 1st, we're all free, because we don't know what's gonna happen. I thought he did an all right job, but it, it can be frustrating for people because, again, I think this whole thing as well, we're, we're, you know, it borders, you know inside would communicate with zoom but it's it's giving us a chance to really think about what's going on and we're not uh, i think it's a good positive time as well when we can make changes and i think if you can make changes you know mm. before, before we get back to whatever it is uh, it's going to be a lot easier to, do how to in- implement those changes but then yeah.
0: the- i think le- i think we have an opportunity to learn from the previous lifestyle and and, and, and environmental aspects. I'm, I, I, not that I would ever want this to ever to happen ever again. I still can't quite believe it. I wake up in the morning and I think, is it is it true? Is this real? We were talking about this earlier and I said, it's a bit like Dallas when you know um, she goes into the shower and, and Bobby Ewing's in the shower and it was all a dream. I would love to wake up and it was all a dream and we could just learn the lesson that take, personal responsibility for our health and our wellness, but also support everybody else with it.
1: Talking about that, on Netflix, well, Dynasty uh, got a revival and they started doing a, a whole new series and they've got a new series starting, and, I, and it's so trashy, it's so bad, it's so wonderful. It just the Dallas days of Bobby Ewing. Um, oh, new cast and new people, but you know, it is kind of funny. I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but just to share you, uh, you know, we have been watching a lot of things on TV recently. Oh, but you
0: know, I haven't watched any blinking television uh, apart from the news. And actually, I'll take your tip on stop listening to the news. But I want to be well informed, and I've got some of my class members, my DiBo family, on here, and I've sort of taken it upon myself to share the the good information that I find, the factual information, and share it with them to to try and take the burden off them to a certain extent. So. Um, at the weekend, I'm trying to sort of back off myself because I haven't been looking after myself as well as I could.
1: No, well, the morning's the best time. You know, catch up in the morning, let the mind rest at night, let it calm down because we do go into a st- state of anxiety.
0: Mm. Mm. So
1: any vegetables, before I let you go, any vegetables that are a no-no or is it you would stay away from?
0: Anything that upsets you. Ep- don't overdo too many vegetables in one go. That's what I would say. But because, Particularly if you're trying to repair your gut, because you'll get the most horrendous wind. That's the great thing about the mute button on Zoom, in the yoga class, in the Pilates class, because you can fart away at your heart's content and nobody knows, unless you forget to press mute. But if you are repairing your gut, gradually introduce Uh, of more variety of vegetables and quantity, but don't do it all in one go, because honestly stick a pin in yourself and you'll be (laughs) flying around the room.
1: Well, it's really funny because a a very well-known presenter, which I won't say the name, uh, was always promoting healthy eating. And she always said she had a little belly and you know she could never get rid of this belly. And she was like, you know, uh, salad dressing on the side and just vegetables and all the salad and it turns out she gets tested she's allergic to salad and she well, said every
0: every item of salad
1: most of it and so um so she she said she stopped eating salad and she lost the belly she went wow. on to Food and she lost it and it was just it was her individual processing whatever it was was not working well with un, uh well, raw food or salad or whatever it, was it not- could
0: be it could be the added the chemicals that grown the salad in was this the uk um I'm, I'm not fishing for who it was i'm i'm not but was it in the uk or was it in america
1: american american
0: Okay, so there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff sprayed on food in America. So it's more likely to be what they put on the vegetables. But also, if you're eating a lot of vegetables in one go, that's a hell of a lot of fiber for your bacteria to chomp on. That's a lot of gas. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to come out somewhere.
1: No, exactly. Well, when we leave the unmute days and we go back to class, we have to see who's been eating healthy with the, with, with the And it's always on some of the bloodiest movements. I know like rolling back. Is always a time, and it always happens, somebody lets wind out in the middle of that exercise, and it always, always made me laugh. It's like, they would look around going, oh, who was
0: that? And I'm going, it was you. It was <laughs> you. you know, I, know. I know, it's really uh, hard not to laugh, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Well listen, thank you so much for joining us today, putting up your time, thank you so much. Thank
0: you, thank you for taking the time. I know you haven't got anywhere else to be, but uh, <laughs> it's a great opportunity to, uh, to to network, to share our ideas and our knowledge. I am more than happy to take any personal questions or, um, you know, email, advice, even rock up at some of my classes, you know, you're very, very welcome. I'm. I'm happy to support my colleagues and my, and, um, and my community uh, with, with all of this.
1: this. In the recording, in the account, um, I'll put your contact details. I know some of the people already know you, but for any people that don't know you, I'll put the contact details, of how they can get hold of you, any links, um, any of the information you want to share with this group, then we can, we can put in there, and then they can contact you directly. Um, you know, I think as I say, uh, most of the people i believe on here are professionals you know health professionals were out there doing different maybe different forms of movement but i think you know gut health sleep all these other sides to client's life and lifestyle are an important part and i think i was telling you before it was really when i went to ireland and I always felt slightly guilty talking about nutrition when I'm not a nutritionist. In fact, somebody one time at a workshop said to me, you shouldn't be speaking about this, you're not a nutritionist. I said, well, I'm, all we're doing is having a conversation. I'm not giving you nutritional plans. Um, but then I found out in Ireland, there's a contact, there's a program there called Make Every Contact Count. And, and then I'd come back and I found it's part of the NHS as well, where people like the nurses, um, the receptionists, people who are on frontline meeting people coming into the healthcare, start conversations about different areas and it could be sleep, it could be about nutrition. And then they refer obviously to the specialists. You know, it's but it's about having conversations. Absolutely. And I program is so good because it teaches people who don't know about subjects how to start conversations and just generally ask questions, not anything invasive. Um, and because that you know of course we know a lot of things can be avoided with better looking after ourselves and it's just pointing people not, as we said earlier, when people just want to keep killing their body with movement, thinking it's going to fix every, everything. And I, it's amazing. We've come so far with technology. We've got so many apps. We've got so many things. And still, I come across people saying, oh, I'm not I'm going out on Friday night. I, so I'm not going to eat all week. I'm going to do all the spinning classes I can. And, you know, and then I'll fit my dress on Friday night. And we've still got that attitude. And it's just, and I can't, we can't blame it because, you know, through the years, with Nike saying, just do it. And, you know, all the hard messages we've given, feel the burn, all those hard messages have set up that we have to punish our body to do what we want it to do, to look good. And when really-
0: And and punish it with food as well as movement. And, you know, movement is, uh, I'm not saying we don't have to train harder sometimes, but, um, you know, to achieve objectives. I work a lot with elite athletes, you know, saying to them, you know, "Don't, don't put yourself through it isn't gonna win that race,
1: but it's about training smart, isn't it? And yeah, about- it is it? And again, you know, we all used to train very hard. I used to do lots of high impact and all the running and spinning that we could.
0: I can remember.
1: I know, <laughs> back in the days of those little shorts. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, the thing is, you know, you have to listen to your body and we're not that age anymore. And so our body does need to be rewarded, shall we say. We've been looked after, and I think that's where when people come to me say, "Oh, I'm going to start yoga." Say, "Fantastic!" You know, they're going to start meditation, even better. You know, go try these things. You know, mm. try something different. Mm. You know, don't just keep going in. In Greece, we go to the gym every morning, and uh, I go to use the treadmill and do a bit of weights. And um, I watch the other people in the gym, and you know, every morning the same people come in and do the same exercises. Mm. And of course, I'm just on the treadmill. I'm a client, you know, on there. I'm not a teacher. And I just watch them thinking, why are you doing something different? You're doing the same exercises, literally, day in, day out. And they're not varying the program. So, you know, when I hear you doing your classes uh, (laughs) and varying the types of classes, it's so what we need. The mind needs it and the body needs it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Motion is lotion. And movement is medicine.
1: Totally. Guys, any other questions before we sign off uh, for Helen? Is there anything you would like to ask before we... We let her get on with the rest of the afternoon, and the dogs are finally released out and can do what they want. <laughs> all right. I've so got
0: Minnie here, hang on, I've got little Minnie. Those of, those of you who, who follow me, I've met Minnie. She comes to all my classes. Minnie, say hello to everybody. My Minnie. little grey face, my grey-faced lady. I'm
1: not gonna look. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Helen, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Hey.
0: Lovely to see you all. Stay safe, won't you? Can
1: say hands. Laughing, washing your hands, but keep laughing. That's the main thing.
0: Keep laughing. Right. Thanks, Michael. Thank- Take care, everybody. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.